Welcome to the Goal In Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Bruss, and I'm proud to be bringing you these stories of everyday heroes from Sydney, Australia. Today on the show, our guest is Kathleen Ann from Power Up Your Marketing. Now, if you've been in business for any length of time, you would have heard marketing professionals talk about refining your niche so you can better understand exactly who it is that you're selling your products and services to. Kathleen has refined this marketing skill into an art form. Listen to this. Her her target market, her exact target market, is female business owners over the age of 40 that are looking to turn their services into products so they can escape the rat race of everyday business and finally get paid what it is that they're worth. Now, I ask you, have you defined your customer avatar so precisely? I know that I'm close to that, but I'm I've still got a bit of work to do to na- and narrow it down a little bit more. Now, even if you're not in Kathleen's hyper-focused target market, you're absolutely going to learn something about how you should be delivering your message to the world and why you need to be so hyper-focused on your avatar. Her pragmatic approach to marketing, coupled with her expertise and her insights, have helped people around the world to stand out and position themselves as experts in their field. Kathleen specializes in helping people to move away from charging by the hour and helps them to package up their services into products so they can finally charge what they're worth and actually get it. Going all in is about commitment and doing whatever it takes to succeed. And as you'll hear on this podcast, Kathleen doesn't hold anything back and she shares with you some absolute gold nuggets. I'm excited she's here, so please help me in welcoming Kathleen and well, good day, Kathleen. Welcome to the Go All In podcast. It's great to have you here. I'm delighted to be here. Wouldn't miss it. I, I love doing these interviews face-to-face. There's something about seeing somebody and eyeballing them and seeing their body language as we have this conversation, so I'm really looking forward to this show. But before we get into the Go All In mindset and your business, Power Up Your Marketing, and you've got a book as well. We're going to talk about that and, and a little bit of what you've been working on recently and what's coming up, I wanted to get to know you a little bit first. So we start off these shows with a quick little get to know you quiz, some random questions in no particular order. It's a little bit of fun. Just tell me the the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you the question. You ready? Ready to go. All right, all right. Do you prefer one-on-one coaching or coaching in a group environment? I prefer the one-on-one. I love coaching my groups, but I love the one-on-one because you get to get much deeper and, and very, very specific with that individual. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And what about, do you prefer coaching or mentoring clients? Well, I call myself the money and marketing mentor. Uh-huh. I've been coaching all my life. I've got two kids and nine grandkids, so I'm a coach. <laughs> so the coaching just really comes into, from me, it's when it comes to implementation and keeping people on track. That's where I really put my coaching hat on Mm -hmm. and also too on money and charging what you're worth that some people really need that. They need a hand with that, right? They need to work on that. We're going to definitely get into that as well in this show. So hold on to that thought there and we'll come on back to that. Tell me, we live in a beautiful part of Australia. What's your favourite? Is is it the beach or the bush? Well, I have the great privilege of overlooking the Georges River here in Sydney. I have a 180-degree river view. I have a crown land behind me. Then there's the river, and across the river is National Park. So I like my river view. Um, (laughs) I'm a bit of a ripple rider, so I'm not real big in the surf. Nice. nice. Uh, Your own little patch of paradise right here in Sydney. Yeah, best kept secret. Yeah, very nice. Love it, love it. I grew up out in uh, Western Sydney, and we used to go fishing on the Georges River all the time and stuff like that. So I I got a bit of that. We never used to go swimming in there, so there's a lot of sharks in the river there. 
Oh, well, closer in where I am, I did jump in once and there were jellyfish, quite big ones, and I went, ooh, no, yeah, <laughs> jump back in the boat. Don't be doing that. It's nice to look at and nice to play on, but playing in is not quite there. <laughs> Tell me, Kathleen, have you ever jumped out of an aeroplane? I see no good reason to leave my seat and <laughs> jump out of a plane. Absolutely not. I'm not up for the adrenaline hit. No way. I, I like to ask that question of, of people that I've not met before because you just never know who you're talking to. And sometimes I get a response that is, yeah, like I've done it 63 times or I've got a couple of hundred jumps under my belt like that as well, but none none for you? No, never. <laughs> that That's not, not your thing, the adrenaline thing? Not at all. Tell me, what was your first car? My first car was a V-Dub. A Beetle? A Beetle, yeah. absolutely a Beetle. My second car was a Beetle. And my third car was a VW wagon. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, I was quite a, a, a Beatle fan as well for the I, band. I remember we had a, uh, a Beatle when I was a kid as well. It was a, it was a light blue one. What colour was yours? Ooh, it was actually two-toned brown. It wasn't <laughs> all that fancy, but I loved that car. Yeah. Was it a reliable machine? Absolutely. Ran on the smell of an oily rag. Remember you used to have to kick the petrol gauge over when you were low, you still had a little extra in the tank. Mm. I always forgot I kicked it over. I often had nothing in the tank. <laughs> and, and back in the day in the old school, they didn't have blinkers. They had had a lever you put I out. I had the, the lever. The lever yeah. that went out the window yeah. that said, hey, I'm turning right, everybody. Yeah, that was that was the vintage. Yeah, if, if you don't know what that is, please Google that. It's a bit hard to describe on an audio-only show, but uh, it's kind of <laughs> cool when you see it for the first time. So tell me, you're in sales and marketing and and in this sales environment, ultimately, who's your favourite author? Is there somebody that you follow that you really like? Oh, okay. Now, I've been audio booking an author and Grant Cardone. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know Grant at all? Have you read any? Oh, my God, yeah. I've read them all. all. From Sell or Be Sold to Be Obsessed or Be Average, yeah. Uh, uh, He's a big influence on my life, actually, Grant Cardone. Yeah, yes. And I I admire him because of his authenticity, Mm -hmm. um, his passion. I have to say when I first, because it was an audio book, and I think the written word would be different, but you get his full on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You get him full on in his audio presentation. But I really like that. I think mm-hmm. he's the real deal and he does know what he's talking about. Yeah, I find his books a little bit difficult to read, but his audio books when he's reading to you because he's got that energy and he's a high energy sort of guy as well, it's really easy to understand. And the American, the, the Louisiana twang in he's his, in his accent it really kind of brings it to life as well. well I love the um, – uh, my brother and I have a, a digital marketing agency together and when the 10X rule came out – my bro said to me, hey, you, you got to read this, mate. And I was reading the 10X rule and I thought it is so unbelievably true. And for the people that are listening that have never read that book, the 10X rule is about everything takes 10 times longer and is 10 times harder than what you think at the outset. So to, to use the go all in mindset, you're going to commit to something and go all in on it and you go and do it and you find out very quickly on the other side that it's going to take you 10 times more effort to get there. And he's all about doing whatever it takes to succeed. And the follow-up book to that, Be Obsessed or Be Average, yep. is the missing piece of the 10X rule. So those two books go hand in hand really, really beautifully. I love them a lot. Have, have you read those books? Um, I have read the second one and then there's the third one and I'm struggling now with mm-hmm. the title of it. But, yeah, he's he's a prolific writer, let's face it. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's great, yeah. yeah. And, and Sell or Be Sold came out in 2008 just during the financial crisis, if I remember correctly. And, and 
Same thing with marketing. Sales and marketing, the principles don't change. Mm. And I think what happens is people get a little bit sidetracked on the latest channel, Mm -hmm. if you like, medium that you're reaching your market and forget that the principles remain the same. And that's what he teaches, which is why I think I tuned in very much to that. He's very, very specific. Yeah, uh, it's not you know, It's not just general. And, and even though he has the, you might say, the gift of the gab, mm-hmm. uh, he talks a lot of sense. He does, absolutely. Excellent. So that's Grant Cardone. And I'll put a couple of links into the show notes of this podcast as well. If you've never seen Grant Cardone or heard any of his stuff, you could just peek at your phone and you'll be able to see some links. And I'll, I'll put the latest one there, Be Obsessed or Be Average or B-O-B-A, as Grant calls it, which is kind of kind of cool. Search that hashtag as well. He's got some good stuff there. All right, last question for the introduction quiz, and it's a serious podcasting question. Tell me, Kathleen, do you spend any time throughout your day in contemplation or like the monk on the mountain in meditation? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, somebody doesn't do it like me. <laughs> Honestly, I my mind wanders. I'm mm. not real good at that. I do once a week, I do Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it's an hour when I'm not in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm always thinking. I'm either thinking about what I'm doing, and I am a doer, or I'm thinking about my clients. I've always got my brain working. So in Tai Chi, and I do the sword version and the fan version. Right. So, you know, it's a martial art. So mm-hmm. I love the fact that there's a weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and that hour, it flies by. I could do hours of that. And, and that is meditative. Mm-hmm. But as for sitting there and, you know, a guided meditation I can do. But no, I still have so many other things. I think oh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I really do. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's one of those things. People either either love it and they do it a lot, or they they teeter on the edges of toying around with it, or you don't do it. You're sort of in one of those three camps. I I, I just can't do it. I can't sit still. I like the that. idea of it, but yeah, I'm like you. I'm mm. I'm always on the go. But but I also feel like for me, I, I do a lot of exercise. I'm in the gym every couple of days, and I'm always out and about just because of where we live. It's such a beautiful place, and. I find myself in a contemplative state about particular things, exactly. which is not really much different when you and think no, about it. No, it's not. And I, and I walk along the river and, and mm. that is my meditation. And I also think that just boiling the kettle and preparing breakfast is meditative. <laughs> That's my time. I don't, I don't put music on. I don't put anything on in that period of the day. Mm-hmm. So that is my mind just coming to calm, I guess. I try to wake up and not have the first thought as what am I going to do today, mm-hmm. but how do I want my day to be? So I'll have that sort of contemplation, and I suppose that is in its own little brief way a bit of meditation. Absolutely. And sets me up for the day I want to experience and not the one I'd get if I was the do-do-do mode. Beautiful, beautifully said, beautifully said. Well, thank you, Kathleen, for sharing all of that with us. It's nice to get you know to get to know you a little bit there and have a bit of fun with you as well. Well, people come on over to the Go All In podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you could, Kathleen, could you please share with us your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? Yeah, and I have to say too, I love the title, Go All In, and I think that once in, stay in the game. <laughs> that's, that's what I find. People go all in and, and, and they don't stay all in. Mm-hmm. So having said that, what happened for me, and it's going back about 25 years now, I got what I call the Don't Come Monday invitation uh, from the corporation I was working for. And I had already seen the writing on the wall, so I was really happy about it. And back in those times too, there was a payout involved in a, in a retrenchment. Mm-hmm. So I did receive a nice little lump sum I was going overseas the following week and I thought, first of all, great timing because I'm not coming back to that J-O-B. 
And I had five weeks or so to you know, play around in Europe, really. And then I thought nothing about what I do until I got back. <laughs> you, de- you deleted the fact that your career was over. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. And then when I got back, I thought I bought a set of golf clubs and I played around a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I still then was thinking about what I would do and I felt like I'd give myself that luxury of that time and I did that. So what I decided to do was work in the industry that I was working in in corporate. I had a great career. I was in direct response marketing. We were selling life insurance by direct mail in those days, even before telemarketing. Old school. (laughs) The audience can't see my grey stripes. I've earned those. (laughs) Yeah, old school. And then, of course, you know, along came all the other uh, methodology of what we now know as the direct marketing industry. So I hung out my shingle as a consultant and that's really where I learned a lot of lessons uh, and that was what not to do. Mm-hmm. So I say to people now, that's like having a never-ending story. <laughs> you, you're fishing really in consulting and you're trying to find someone who you can help fix their problem. So what I learned from that was my income banged around. It wasn't quite what I had in mind. And also too, I was in the same it was like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Mm. Nothing really changed except my income became very spasmodic. So what happened when I went all in, I thought, well, I'm not going back to a job, so what am I going to do? How can I reinvent myself again? So then I looked and I, I happened on a program I went to the States for. I was just looking not at that. I clicked on somebody's testimonial on another website and then read about this three-day program. It was in Tucson. And I said to my husband, oh, this sounds so interesting. I'd love to do this. And he said, why don't you? God love him. (laughs) And I thought, well, why don't I? It's something there. It was just maybe my intuition, but something there. So when I went over and I did this program, it was on branding and it was really, really choosing a niche. And that's what I needed to do. I needed to change my market focus and then work out who I was going to work with, and it was not going to be corporate. I knew that much. That's when I looked around and I thought, there are so many people like me, particularly, you know, that 40-plus woman who really had skills, career, Mm -hmm. network, but didn't have a job. How are they going to reinvent themselves? So my main focus then was to help uh, small business owners, and that was particularly women. They need a lot of help, particularly around charging money, mindset, you know, girls haven't had control of money for very long, so we're not as experienced, and there's a lot that goes on around that self-worth and things like that. Not that guys don't suffer, but they're not as emotional <laughs> around yeah. money. Yeah. So I, I combined both of those. So I, I have certifications in training that I went back to the States and did, mm-hmm. and I did that really enhanced my own direct marketing background, and I help small business owners now who have service-based businesses put their businesses into, like productize them. Mm-hmm. They actually can sell something and instead of time. Yeah, instead of a service. Yeah, yeah. Yep. most people in consulting and coaching and that sort of thing, often selling their time, mm-hmm. you know, usually by the hour. It caps your income mm-hmm. and it also, it makes you comparable to other people. So you want to be really not comparable. Mm. You want to be the person who solves the problem for a specific group of people. So I'm very big on choosing a niche, very big on creating your services around an issue, one, if you like, that they have, and that's what you market. You become known as the expert at that. Mm-hmm. And experts get paid more. It's, it's, it's a really it's a fact, fact yeah. that's how it works. So I got really excited about that. 
I re- did reinvent myself, but I did it because I stayed in the game. I, I created some debt for me. I did spend my, my payout. Pay out, yeah. Yep. And I wasn't done yet. I, I was still, yeah. as you know, you've got to invest in yourself if you want to get where you want to go. And I was very willing to invest in myself, even if it did mean most businesses have to get started with some sort of debt. And uh, I figured I'm worth it and I'll do it. And I stayed there. And, and how long was it? How long were you? So before I go there, hang on, let me just back mm. up a sec. Career transitions are one of the biggest things that we talk about on this show mm. uh, because it affects every single person. And, it, and at some point in your life as a human being existing on this planet, you're going to have to make a decision about whether you're going to keep doing what you're doing for a living or you're going to move on. And sometimes, like in your case, that decision's made for you. And sometimes when that decision's made for you, you don't know what you're going to do. How long did it take you to kind of figure out that that was actually what you wanted to do because you went on holidays for five weeks, you were back for a little while. You So it's, a, it's really a couple of months before you sort of realise where you were going with it all, right? Yeah, and if I'd gone the other way and just gone and got a job, I would have been, in the end, really dissatisfied mm. and I had the opportunity to take that time. Did you always want to do something for yourself at that time? No. You know, you never thought about no, having a small no, business. No, I wasn't one of those people who thought the only thing I thought about having a business, and this is something that'll give everyone a chuckle, is that I would be the boss and I could do what I wanted <laughs> <laughs> when I wanted. Um, so yeah, good one. Good, yeah, good on one you. with that. Yeah, good, good luck with that one too. But it is true. I'm not really good at being told what to do. So it did attract me on that basis. If I set the rules, I live by them, and, mm. and I still maintain that. Why wouldn't you create a business around what you really want? And I think what happens is we don't always do that. I didn't my first go round. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what I wanted and nobody told me. Mm. Now I feel if somebody had caught me going out that door back then, I would have got where I was going maybe faster, but I wouldn't have had the experience that I had along the way. And I think that that's what we all realise is that it's mm. from our experience that we can put it's almost like a puzzle and you think one day all those puzzle pieces go together you (laughs) think no that's why I did that and did that and did that yeah and how it all comes back around to the thing that you're really doing if you are following your passion I think most people have had this experience that I'm about to share with you and this is one of the favorite things about uh, having a podcast is we get to talk about stuff like this that you haven't probably thought about for a long time because you're talking about that happened a long time ago because you've been doing what you're doing for a while now I can remember just just recently I was working on this particular project and the skill set that was required was so unbelievably unique. You needed to be able to do video, audio, you needed to be able to write, you needed to be able to do public speaking, and then you needed to be able to market and deploy and and, and, and all. And it was like every single bit of skill set that I'd ever learned and everything that I'd ever learned had come to this point in my life. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah, and it was like... I wonder if there's anyone else out there that could do what it is that I'm doing. Probably, yeah, absolutely. Of course there would be. The world's a big place. There's a lot of people here. But, God, my skill set has become so refined. And when you look at it like that and you look back at your CV over years, it's like, man, I hated doing that, but now I'm using it right now. God, I hated doing that, but now I'm using it right now. So it's really interesting how life leads you down a path to a point where it's almost like the nexus of the next step. It's true. And you use that as a stepping off point to something else like that as well. How long were you in your small business before it really started to pay off for you? Was it 12 months, 18 months? Oh, it was longer than that because I changed and, you know, I had to ditch something and start all over again. So I would say that immediately 
when I started doing this new focus, I got traction and I got clients because the way, and I learned this and I continue to do this, when I'm doing a new, when I'm learning, like when I was learning my certifications, I created a program and I started running that for my clients and I was a couple of programs, a couple of lessons ahead, if yep. you like, just like a teacher. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you're not you, far ahead of what you're your not students far were. ahead. You're yep. experiencing it, and the best yep. way I find to learn is to teach. Yeah. And uh, I really enjoy. I think if I, as a child, my inclination probably would have been to be a teacher mm-hmm. because I, I guess I like telling people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a very good student or employee, no, are you, Kathleen? No, no, got to, got to be my way. But, but that was the thing I think is that when you evolve and, and you do, you know, the more that you can do, and that's why I like to help focus on being the expert at something because the more you do it, it's easier. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that around what you love to do, which is my whole thing around this, is there's so many things that we can like reinvent ourselves with, all our skills and what you've said, everything you've done. And some of those you did, didn't enjoy, but some you did just because of the enjoyment. Mm. They didn't really mean at the time what mm. they do now, you can picture you see. So bringing all that together for people and then creating what you want from everything that you have and then you bring that all to the sort of business you'd like. So that's what the sad part is. Often we just do business because we think we that's what we know. We can do it and mm-hmm. we should do it because that's where our network is, that's where our reputation is, all of those reasons, very practical, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a good fit Mm. you do get to choose so we need to choose something fulfilling because as a business owner you'd know you've got to get up and you know motivation as people talk about it you don't need it when you love what you do yeah absolutely you just don't you just get on i find i don't want for anything when i'm doing what i love to do which is this and and, you know i get to podcast people on a daily basis i get to meet incredible people like yourself and and then on the other side of my business i help people get onto other people's podcasts and help them to amplify their message and it's a really it's a really warm thing to do because everybody's got a message to share and everybody wants to make the world a better place and i think i believe in the in the goodness of humanity maybe that's a little bit naive but that's the bubble that i like to live in and and you know when you when you're helping people like that it's such a fulfilling thing to do you know, I'm, I'm not interested in driving around in a Ferrari or a Lambo like I once wanted to do or have all of these things and do all of this stuff because I'm actually feeling like I live my purpose. Yeah. And my, the... my purpose is to, to help other people and to help them amplify their message. And, you know, it's a really important thing to do. Mm. And that's the law of reciprocity too because mm. what goes round comes round. And I think that when you've got that idea, if you, if you said to everybody that you meet on a daily basis, how can I help you? Mm. How can I help you? And... When you ask for help, people are first up to, yeah. to offer as well because as humans, we'd like to help each other. Mm. It feeds our soul mm. and I think you should be well paid for it as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree with that. We'll get to that in we'll a second. Get to that. I had a guy recently that I interviewed and, and he told me his goal and story. It was it was a classic, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do after I left school. I did this. I got into sales, went into corporate, started my own business and then things went really bad in his personal life. And, and he took his eye off the ball and his business came undone and he actually went bankrupt. And so his, his go all in story is the, is the proverbial phoenix rising from the ashes and it, you know, getting back to it. And, you know, 
that all sounds good and dramatic and it's a great story and everything like that. But when you ask the guy at its at his core, you know, what is it that you did on a day-to-day basis? So you declared bankruptcy and, man, that's a very big thing to do. You know, that sticks mm. with you for a long time and it's there to help you and to help you get out of the problems you've got so you can press the reset button and go again. But what did you do? Did you go back and get a job? How did it work? And he said, you know, I, I've been working in the LinkedIn space for forever since LinkedIn existed and I made, I'd made a really good living doing that selling corporate products and I thought to myself, other people have always asked me how to do that. So he started by asking people that he knew if anybody they knew would need a hand with their LinkedIn. Yeah. So it was really interesting how all he had to do as as a down and out entrepreneur and a down and out guy because life had beat him down pretty hard was ask if anybody needed help. And everybody was like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do know something. Actually, you could help me. Yeah. And within a couple of days, he had enough money to pay his rent. And within the next week, he had enough money to pay his rent and his food bill. And he was suddenly on his way and, he, and he's making a little bit of cash. And now he's got some clients and he's charging what he's worth and he's productizing what he does, which is a service, mm-hmm. but it's not selling the service on an hourly, bait as, as, as hourly rate as a consultant. He's teaching people how to do it themselves. So they're buying into these courses. And it was just a really fantastic and poignant example of all you've really got to do is bring one or two new people into your life each day and ask them if you can help them or if you know somebody that could benefit from you helping that person that they might know. It's pretty good, right? What would you say to that? Well, I'd say to that I'm a big networker. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's a, that's yeah. a form of networking, isn't it, what I'm describing? Well, absolutely. You're reaching out into your network, and, and I'm the area leader for a network here in Sydney, and um, BX Networking while I'm doing a commercial. Yeah, give it a plug. Come <laughs> give on. It a well, plug. Tell, us, tell us about BX Networking. Give it a plug. Well, BX Networking is a group that is uh, Sydney-wide, also Canberra, now Gold Coast, and, and up and down the uh, north and south coast of Sydney and, and going beyond. The model of that is how can we help each other build our businesses? So in our – we call it a referral partnership. We're looking from the members in the group – through them, we don't sell to them. You know, we've got to buy services. So often, we're finding our providers we do together. Yep. in that. Yeah, we yep. do business together, but we are really reaching into each other's networks, and everybody knows hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Mm-hmm. So we say, you know, you might be a, an accountant, and you might be looking to you know link up with a a broker. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would say, um, ideal referral partner for me is a broker, and everybody would think, I know a broker. I can introduce you and I can introduce you and I can introduce you. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here talking to you because I've been saying I love public speaking. I like to be on podcasts in particular because mm-hmm. they're so shareable mm-hmm. and I like to be on topic, how to charge what you're worth and get it. Easy. I ask people and people say, oh, so-and-so's doing a podcast, I'll introduce you. Yeah, I'm doing a, I'm on a panel tomorrow. A lady's launching her book. Mm-hmm. She wanted somebody, it's called uh, Careers for 40 Plus Women, Reinventing yourself, all of that right up my alley, hey? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So just reaching out, somebody was saying, um, this was just on social media. Mm -hmm. She reached out and said, she's doing this book launch down here. And uh, somebody said to me, you know, tagged me. And then I'm chatting to her and there I am on her panel tomorrow. Right in my prime market. I love helping women Mm -hmm. who are transitioning and that sort of thing. So ask those three little letters yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Mm. Beautiful. And what's the network called again, just for people that have never heard that before? Oh, BX Networking. Awesome. And uh, that's the brand. And it's, you know, it's one of those ones, it's not a locked in thing. If you join in a particular area, you can go to all of them. Right. So I, I do brekkie twice a week um, mm. in the groups that I manage. 
and uh, that's on top of my own business. But they are my referral partners. Yeah, I'm working. Right. I say, yeah, work is networking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> W-O-R-K. Yeah, right smack in the middle of the word. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, just take a peek at your phone and you'll see the links and I'll put the links to BX Networking in there. And we'll check all that out. And, and if you've never seen that before, please have a look at the website there and uh, find out some more information there. So tell us a little bit about Power Up Your Marketing and your business. That's what your business is called, right? It is called that. Uh, if I was doing it again, I wouldn't call it that, interestingly. And the reason for is because now I work a lot on the money mindset side of things as well as marketing. Mm-hmm. So I've brought my brand into money and marketing mentor. I love alliterations as Mm -hmm. well from a marketing point of view. The reason for the power, I work with archetypes. Mm -hmm. So I help people with their branding, describe their the way they want to be seen in the world, the way they want their brand. And mostly it's solopreneurs and personal branding that's within the business, the person who shows up and delivers the services. So when we get to choose, when we are creating our business brand, often people still think we need to reflect what we think our clients want us to look like. Mm. And that's sort of like really corporate stuff. Yeah, like, is, you, yeah. why go out and be who am I today sort of thing? Yeah. So mine's about brand authenticity. And through archetyping with people, it's a very simple process as an assessment. You get to see the characteristics that make up that. So mm. for my own self... My uh, main archetypes were in what I call the quadrant of power. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my power came that's from. from yeah. And I wanted marketing in my URL, of course, because that's my main thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so power up your marketing is really about, as I said, service-based business owners creating almost from what they're already doing, whatever their services are, how can you create a good, better, best option? How can you have something almost concrete to sell? And with options, clients love options, mm-hmm. you will get more yeses. And and then, of course, you've, you can price it differently because it's going to be a, at a different level. And, you know, your income then becomes much more stable uh, for my own self. Besides helping people, I get them market ready. So there's a couple of days, roll the sleeves up and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And when they're market ready, then they're really on song. They're just talking to the right people, saying the right things mm. and constantly on message and, and looking the path because they're themselves. Mm. Yeah, my favourite tag is show up and be yourself. Every other job's taken. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love yeah, it. It's beautiful. Yeah. There, there's something there that you, you kind of alluded to just a, a couple of minutes ago there, and, and it's pretty – it's top of mind when you look at your website when I read through that and I see that stuff as well. Um, and that's about charging what you're worth. Mm. And if I may, if you'd indulge me for a moment, I, I wanted to share a story with you and, and with the audience about something that's happened to me in the last week. Mm. And as regular listeners will know, I have a, a, a digital marketing agency and we, we help people with mostly with websites and, and page speed, in, increasing the, the speed of their websites and whatnot. And we help a lot with AdWords. We do a bit of consulting work. It's a, it's a really mixed bag of things. Anyway, there's this. There's a client that's been going back and forth with us, and I was not privy to what was going on. My brother was taking care of this particular client, and there are these emails. I tell you what, they they're massive. This, this lady had had a really negative experience with another agency, and she said she came back to us and said, "Oh my god, we've been with these guys for four months after we left you, and it's been a disaster. All of these things have happened." And straight up, my bro said, "Show me, show me what's going on, and show me what they've done." and they, they sent her a 100-page proposal about all this 100 things that they were going to do, and each page had something on it that they were going to do to help them. And when you look at it, 
That looks pretty good in theory. It's but they really didn't do any of it. They did about three of the things in a hundred, and you know it was four months that had passed, and all this money that had been paid, and nothing had really happened. Anyway, the the email exchange, and I'll get to my point. Just bear with me, everybody. The email exchange was big. The the email that this lady had sent to my brother was about half a meter long on your screen. You know, mm. it's like four full screens of your of your mouse on a big on a desktop computer, and then his response is the same. And then her response is the same and his response is the same. And then he CC'd me into it and I, I rang him straight away and I said, mate, you're, you're backing and forthing with this customer, with this, this client and no matter what you say, you're never going to satiate what it is that she's got going on there. Mm. And what you're doing is you're lowering the value of your IP and you've got to draw a line at some point and you've got to say, no, Mr. Client, Miss Client, I, I'm sorry, I can't help you. These are the things that, we need to do, and these are the things that need to happen. And in order for us to do that, you need to start paying because I'm just giving you all of my IP. And no matter how much emailing back and forth like that that goes on, it's you're just giving away your IP. And I said, dude, you just you yes. just, just given a ten thousand bucks worth of IP. And he's like, but we're going to win her as a client. She's already said yes to us. And I'm like, well, just stop with the emails. Win the client. Send the invoice. Get paid and start the work. Sort of thing. Why do you think? See, we're guilty of it in our business, and you know, easy for me to come in as a third party while he's doing that. But while he's in the midst of that, he's just trying to help her. Mm. He's just trying to do the right thing. But the reality is, he's not charging what he's worth, and he's devaluing his value proposition and his IP really significantly. Why do people do that? Because that's something you're an expert in <laughs> stopping people like us doing that from. So I think what happens, and you go back to that, we all we want to help. Mm. Now, the best help you could give that lady for starters, and this is back to you, bro, is to work for her on her problem. And until she's signed up and you're doing that, you're not helping. Mm. Those I'm, I'm weary, you know, thinking about the length of those emails. You should have tried to, like, read them and keep <laughs> up with them, and they're all threaded together out of order. I'm like, my oh. God, what's going on? Anyway, sorry. Yeah, it's, it got out of hand. And, and this is what happens. And when we get down to, you know, that lady with her issues, of course, really to get to the crux of it, yes, giving away your services, is, which is what he's been doing, mm. or discounting, which is another way of, you the know, same thing. same thing, um, lowering what you're being paid. And we all know that clients don't value what they don't pay for. Exactly. So why give them that? But why do people get there? Why do people why do, do that? Why do they do Even that? after all these years of experience and literally hundreds of clients that we've dealt with, my brother and I, and I, and yet just like in the last couple of days I see that and I've got to put a – dude, what are you doing, man? Yes, like, yes. Well, you've, you've you know pulled him back from the brink. So the other part of my processes is the money archetype. So I have one for branding mm-hmm. and one for money, and it actually just gives you like looking through the lens of money why. You ask why you do these things. So you would have somebody who may be the nurturer. Now, I know uh, from the nurturers that I have in my lifetime of working in this field, they are nearly always going to naturally want to over-deliver, mm. yeah, because they are the nurturing type. Yep. Now, once you can look and see why you're doing that, then you can begin to put in some strategies that still deliver that, but don't take your time and don't devalue your service and your price point and all the rest of it. So there are ways just to understand yourself. So no no one's better or worse, you know, mm. good or bad. It is a matter of, you know, we all have strengths and weaknesses. It's being aware. Mm. 
that's the big difference. And if I give an example of a client of mine and she was working just on the money, we hadn't done branding and those aspects, but on the money. And she said to me just prior to her coaching call, because I they, they send me a prep form, so I you know fully briefed before we get on to the call. And she said to me, on the weekend, I was so frustrated. She said, I, I said out loud, I'm sick of it being all about the money. Mm. And then she was upset with herself because she had said that. And I said, well, congratulations. You actually, not only did you say it, but you recognised you said it. And then you said to yourself, I don't believe it. I said, now prior, you wouldn't have even known you were thinking it. So you've come a long way. So that would be the first thing I would say. When you see that Groundhog Day and you see the things that they're patterns of behaviour, the reasons we do it are a different thing, but the pattern is there. And the pattern will remain there until you unearth the actions that you're taking. And then you can see that that's the results you're getting. And then it all goes back to what you're thinking. Mm. And you don't know what you're thinking because it's subconscious thinking. So you really do have to catch yourself. And particularly, and I'll say this to the listeners too when I talk about this and around money, listen to what people say. Mm. Go out today and you just listen to what people say about money. There are things that we are grown up with, ingrained in us. That belief system that people have. And we repeat it and we we believe it, absolutely believe it, even if we're not thinking it. We know intellectually that that's rubbish, but that's not who's running the show. It's that little five-year-old kid that's (laughs) running your business (laughs) and who's setting the – so that's my thing about that if you, you know, with your brother especially, just think what was his motivation to allow that woman the control over that process? Why did he feel he needed to get that far into that? There's something there for him to learn, I guess, that it, it the best service he could do that lady is to get her to put the money on the mm. table. And, uh, and just I w- solve her problems and, and don't worry about the And solve her problems. Yes, yeah. just get started. Mm. And if not, if she's not prepared to invest, she's not an ideal client. Yeah. She would... Send you around the kitchen. Well, that was his, that was funny. No, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's funny when we look when I look back at it, you know, because that's his justification. Like she's going to be a client, Rob. You know, I'm doing all this. So I'm going to do this anyway with her. And I'm and I thought to myself, you know what? If you just if you just flicked her the invoice and she paid, all of that would have stopped. Yes. So you're asking me you're asking me what I can do to help you and how I can solve your problems and fix what's wrong. Sign yes. here, sign here, as yes. Grant Cardone would say. That's it. That's it. And and I could solve your problem and I'll and I'll get on with that and get it done for you. You know, when your car's busted and you take it to the mechanic, do you really care what's wrong? He pops the bonnet, rings you half an hour later and says, This is what's wrong with it and you're like, Well, fix it. Yeah. What, what am I supposed to say sort of thing? There's no big long email trail going back and forth between me and the mechanic and I kind of drew, drew that analogy for him and he's like, Yeah, yeah, but, but- yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but no. Yeah, I'm, look, he I'm sounds like a nice anyway. guy, and he wants to do the right thing. Exactly. But the, but exactly. the right thing is to is to solve a problem quickly. One of the things around that too is, we, you know, if you if you have a program like a package and a service that you've put together that has certain steps and and all the other things you put into the package at a certain price point, you've got an offer on the table. The consideration then is. If this is addressing that specific problem you have and this is my specific solution and if we're a match, sign here, sign here. Mm. Otherwise, we're not a match. Yeah, that's right. And if we're not a match, then you need somebody else. I just got to find another client. But if you, hand on heart, can go, I know I'm the perfect person to work with this person and solve that problem and you let them away without signing up with you, they go away with their problem. Mm. They've got to find somebody to help them fix it or stay in their mud. Sometimes, yep. sometimes people love to be in that place, and that's 
they need to stay as long as they need to stay. Yeah. Uh, however, the best thing that you can do is sign them up and sort their problem or find them someone else who can mm. if it's not the thing that you do. And that's the temptation is that people it say, is. can you help me? Yeah. And we've been around long enough, we can do lots of things. And if you get diverted from the thing that you do and the expertise that you're working mm. on right now, and you're then once again becoming a generalist, trying to serve everybody. You're not the expert. Not the expert for starters, but you start reinventing stuff. You start creating things that you used to do or you could do and mm. it takes time, and then very often they do not sign up anyway. Yeah, I think you know that goes to the very heart of, of something my very wise brother said. I just I just sledged him a little bit for about <laughs> 10 minutes. He deserves it. He's my older brother. But I'll, he did give me some good advice the other day, and we were busy launching a new product, and we were doing all this stuff. And, and I said to him, oh, well, you know, this is what's happening on Facebook. These are all the things that we could do and we could do this, we could do that. And, you know, the conversions look like this, the dollars look like that. And I was all excited by it. And he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, heard it all before. Sort of think, mm, yeah, okay, this guy, Rob, gets excited by this stuff and like that. And, and where it ended up, and the whole point of me telling you the story is, he said to me, just because you can operate that dashboard, Rob, just because you know what all the buttons and levers do and you understand how to put the whole thing together, it doesn't mean you should. You should, absolutely. Because Be Wise brother. Yeah, and, and, and he said, when you think about it, Rob, the way that you make the very most money in this business is by being in front of other people and actually talking to other people. And he said, like Grant Cardone, he brought that up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He said, you're just chasing unicorns thinking that that Facebook ad platform is going to put a dollar in and give you 10 bucks out. It's just for this product, it's just not going to work like that. So just because you can, it doesn't mean you should. It's a giant distraction. So stop it. Yeah, yeah. And that is the thing. And that's why when I say if you work a program, and I call it a signature system that, that people can have that solves a very specific problem, and that's the steps you take your clients through to get that result. Mm-hmm. So it's all about the result. I wonder if it would help if I just explained, because this one particular client was just such a example of how all this actually works. And uh, she doesn't mind if I, if I mention her. I've asked her permission because uh, it's just classic example of the perfect I, I, I never asked my brother's permission. No. <laughs> well, well, we, not, we can do this one. Let's we're, we're not related. Uh, now, her name is Sharon Hesp, and Sharon is a naturopath. And she was a naturopath for eight or nine years when she first came to me and said she'd like another program to work with her clients on, and would I help her develop that? So we, we got into discussion around that, and we were working. And um, as I say, I, I roll my sleeves up with my clients. We do the job. It's called, for my thinking, it's... Um, done with you you know you get the done for you it's not and for you it's with yeah, you, yeah it's with you and i don't send people around with a bunch of theory for them to then follow through we actually do the work and 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 quickly so this is a day-long thing so we were looking at okay she's a naturopath been promoting very well on facebook and on the food intolerance expert and I said to her, okay, so what is this program we're going to be working on and what is it, like food intolerance, what does that really mean? And the other thing she said too is the other reason she wanted to do this is people on Facebook and other social media promoting themselves with uh, what she does and they don't know what they're doing. And she was concerned they'd be causing harm yep. and the, the people weren't getting the right help and et cetera. And I said, well, that's your fault <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you are not – taking your expertise into the realm of particularly social media for people to appreciate just how good you are. So I said, tell me what you do then. What is the matter with these people with the food intolerance? Oh, they've got a crook gut. 
I go, okay, so what do you do? And she said, well, I heal the gut. And I've gone, okay, well, that's really clear. They've got a crook gut, you heal the gut. Mm-hmm. What about these food intolerance people? Do they know that that's causing them to have a crook gut? They may not know that they have a food intolerance. That's the problem, yeah. Been selling the food intolerance. So we were working on her program, her system. So we came up with uh, not only her 90-day program to heal, you know, her how to heal your gut in 90 days, mm-hmm. but... She then is now known as the Good Gut Girl. Mm. I told her I liked alliterations. <laughs> so the GGG. So she's a Good Gut Girl who heals the gut. It's just, you know, a perfect match. And then we had the Good Better Best offer. She's got a totally online program. You can do it yourself. There's another program where you get access to email support from her. And there's a high-level program where you actually get to, you know, you do your normal tests and you right. get the consult and and she can now do that online as well as in person. So her programs um, are the, the Gutsy program, <laughs> there's the Gutsier, mm-hmm. and the Gutsiest. Very nice. They're very nice. Very clever. So there you go. So she got all of that. Yeah. Okay. And then she's got so much stuff. I said, you ought to have a, you ought to have a program where people like a, a monthly membership. Sort of membership. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. I lost that word for a moment. Membership program. Mm-hmm. You know, recipes, videos. She's got. Tip sheets on all the food that you really need to know about on vitamin supplementation, everything, and people can consume that one at their leisure too. So that only took two weeks to throw all that into mm. a process and a program. Hey, you know that's money for old rope, really. Yeah, um, it is, fantastic yeah. information that people yeah. can grab still, and um, it's residual. So this, these programs and these types of things where you take a service-based business and turn it and productize it mm. like that—that's a, a really, really cool service. I really like that a lot. That's what I did for myself, and I've gone, yeah. hey, this is just fabulous. And it's working, yeah. It, yeah. it means that I have a lifestyle business. Yeah. It means I play golf on Thursday, so I'll Perfect. call you from the 19th, but don't ring me in between. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I want if people want to be able to see how they can um, you know, run the business that they really want that meets their needs and serves their passion. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to achieve with my clients. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely certain that there's people listening to this podcast with a service-based business because there's a lot of people that listen to this show that would be interested in doing that. What would be the top one or two things that they would have to be able to do in order to productize their service in the way that you just described? Well, really, there's not many businesses that have a, a service base that can't create that sort of mm. packaging, particularly around that, you know, threes are good, you know, maybe even two. An example would be an airline. You know, you get mm. on a plane. Now, you could get on the front with the red carpet and the full service champagne and, you know, there you go, or you get in the back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going in the same plane, you're breathing the same air and you're getting out the other end at the same place. Mm. So. The difference in the price point for those packages yeah, is extraordinary. Is extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. Hello, that's what you need just to think about. There are people who love to be at the front of the queue. They love to pay top dollar for everything. They love the high care, high touch. Mm. That's your ideal up in, end of that. The other one is, you know, people who really want what you've got, they might not have the budget or they don't care about all those extras they can still get that same outcome, but they get it at a different price point for a different investment from you and your time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want to have anything that uh, is just based around your time. So most businesses got a service. I can help that winkle out, mm-hmm. uh, differentiate their programs and their price points and just sell to those clients that outcome. 
Mm-hmm. Just then, just think of the naturopath with a crook gut and the yep. healed gut. That's yep. it. Very nice. Very they nice. all live there. Excellent. All right. I want to. I want to shift gears a little bit. You wrote a book. Actually, I, did, I contributed chapter to a book. Okay, that's yeah, a little bit of it. Yeah. That's the bit. And this was just once again. I have these things pop into uh, my inbox as we all do from time to time. This one came from a lady in the states, mm-hmm. and she said her eyes fell on the words on my website on my web page, and she wanted to know if I would like to contribute a chapter to her book. It was building relationships that build your business. Now, that was right up my alley because relationship marketing is the other name for direct response marketing, which is my specialty. And I thought, yeah, why not? I'd love to do that. So I did and I, I became a published author um, through that awesome. process. And once again, you know, people just find you when you stay on yep. track because mine was all, always about heart-centred. I say that my ideal clients are heart-centred, service-based women business owners mm-hmm. and enlightened men. Like Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Cause, you. Yeah, because guys get it. You yeah. know, they want to bring themselves to their business more and more now. They don't want that distant, not all guys, I'm just saying, it's not a total general thing, but enough guys really want to be authentic in their business and they want to have a, around their passion and mm. all the things we've discussed today, really. So they hand raises, they put their hand up and say, can you help me too? And I love working with men. It's nothing against guys that I've chosen women, but I am a marketer and I think, I practice what I preach, and a niche market is the, the, you know, I think of it inch wide, mile deep. Yeah. As long as there's enough of those people who have really got that exact problem that you solve, you'll never run out of clients, and the faster you'll get known as the expert, and the more expertise you get. That's the other thing. Yeah, so definitely. it's just a win-win all round. You get yes. better and better, and up go your prices. Well, you've been doing this marketing thing for a very, very, very long time, and that's that's I say that with the greatest of respect, not a not a dig. <laughs> But you're fair game for a dig anyway. I might have a dig. You've been doing it forever. What, what do you think, for me as a digital marketer, I've seen it change radically, especially in the last two to three years. And I've been saying that a lot lately. And one of the things that I've noticed that's that's changed, and, and I'll ask you what you think your biggest change is, but what I've seen that's really kind of in a bad way, actually, is there's only really two things that business owner can control from a digital marketing perspective anymore. And one is their email list and the other one is their podcast. Because every other type of advertising or marketing that you do is controlled by an algorithm, which is controlled by a giant monolithic company whose sole purpose for existing is money and revenue. For them. (laughs) Exactly. And you can never have what's said on a podcast censored. Well, I could censor you. I could cut out something I didn't like that you said, but Podcasters just don't do that. You know, you're on this show because we want to have a conversation about mindset and going all in and how we can make the world a better place and doing all those things. So you just don't get censored. And, you know, even if you did get censored, you could start your own podcast and do your own thing there and develop your own audience and your own following. And that can never be taken away from you unless, of course, those platforms get rid of you, which they don't do because it drives traffic to them, which drives more revenue to them. So that's the win-win there. And your email list is the other thing as well. So I've really seen those that shift change radically. You know, back in the day when SEO was a really big thing, you know, we capitalized on that in business. And when advertising, you know, I can remember back in the bad old days when paper clicks were like 30 cents and, you know, you put a thousand bucks on something and you'd have yeah. Tens of thousands of people flooding into your website and uh, and buying your stuff and doing all those. But those days are over. 
those days are over. Google knows that that's just not how the world works, and that's why Google's one of the, the biggest companies on this planet, and likewise with Facebook as well, you know. So for me, communicating your message on a podcast like you're doing today is by far the, the easiest and fastest way to amplify your message and reach an audience that you would otherwise not okay. reach, but it's perfectly aligned to what it is that you do. So that's a really great thing. What, what are a couple of things that you've seen change, because you've been doing it a lot longer than what I have, that kind of stand out in your mind? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that the money is in the list. Absolutely. If you don't own your list, yeah. and that's the thing that people haven't always done well, is how do you get people off social media onto mm. your list? You've because, got to transition them. You have yeah. to. you got to. You need to be in control of that conversation. So once you have the contact details from, from people, and let's face it, a lot of people think they have too many emails, mm. but I'm... I'm convinced still the case that if you are saying the right things to the right people, they will stay on your list. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, that's great because you've given them all you can or that they're moved on or whatever else. And if they unsubscribe, that's great. And often they'll resubscribe at another time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm big. I'm guilty of that. Yeah, Yeah, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. We we don't want wrong information, so we we need to be able to consume it. So first of all, direct response marketing principles. Mm -hmm. It's all in the list. So when you look at now all of the platforms, what's available, and as you say, you know, they're always changing algorithms and mucking about with that. You do need to have that control. I think, though, that if you looked at, if we're going platform for platform, there's so many now, and what happens, people go, oh, I see people are doing something on Facebook, they're doing something on Instagram and blah, blah. All they're doing is chasing around a channel, and that's not what marketing is about. They're not positioned yet in the marketplace to even attract or even speak to the right audience. So those are the, when I talk about principles, who are you talking to? Mm. Why are you talking to them? And what is it that you can do for them? Because that's the only thing they're listening for. I call it the WIIFM. What's in it for me? That's the one. That's the station. And if you're not tuned into that, you're not human. We're all listening to that station. So podcasting, yes, because now you may remember podcasting 10 years back was quite a big thing. Mm. And then it just sort of, it died, Dissipated, it, petered, it yeah. died, it petered out. Mm. Now it's back with vengeance. Mm. And I think it's because people are more wanting to consume audio mm. because they're driving or they're uh, different things at the, that time. They're not necessarily mm. reading as much. And how much more time we want to spend on a screen, I don't know about you, mm. not anymore. <laughs> so, uh, you know, getting information the way we want is why I think that's enhancing it. But I think you're quite right. You're in control of that conversation. Mm. That's what you need to be. Just think about it, what you're saying, who you're saying it to, and that you you own the open communication in it. It's two-way. Mm. That's the thing. You've, you're, you're driving it, but it's a two-way conversation. It, it is. And, you know, the, the greatest thing that the – one of the greatest rewards that I get out of doing this is the feedback that I get from my audience, the mm. emails I receive, the messages that I get in social media, and there's a, there's a ton of them. And sometimes I look at my inbox and go, oh, my God. And, you know, when you're sitting down and recording with somebody, you feel like you're shouting down an empty hallway because there's nobody here. There's no audience. It's just me and you hanging out, having a chat. But, you know, then on the other side of that, it's like, oh, man, you know, I I, I was on the edge of the cliff. I was ready to go all in and commit to this business, but I I just couldn't get there. And, and, you know, what can I do, Rob, to get myself across the line? And there's these little funny little questions that come to me here and there like that as well. And it's a really rewarding thing. So if you've never been on a podcast or you're a business owner and you've never amplified your message or got it out there like that, would recommend it, right? Absolutely. And I think, too, when you talk about bang for your buck – it's not an expensive exercise mm. given some of the other choices. Are out there, yeah. 
Yep, absolutely. And the other thing about it too is that this is what's going to be maybe an hour long. Mm. You can slice and dice so many ways. ways. And that's the other thing. Instead of reinventing a lot of content, which is what it takes a lot of time, energy and money, Mm. and often by the time you've done it, it's past. Nobody's interested anyway. Mm -hmm. So the here and now is what we have. So I think that in the podcasting area, you are investing very little. Back in the days, like the pay-per-click, you invested little Mm. for a lot. And now that, that window's shut. And I think right now podcasting is hot and the opportunity to speak with you too because you are a professional mm. is the other thing. Some people want to run their own podcasts. Myself, I love the variety of being on other people's podcasts. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And let's face it, I'm not a techie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not my skill set. I've learned that. So I, I love the opportunity to reach out and, and help support and share with other people and also obviously to lift my own profile. And there's no easier, better more economical way to do that than to be on podcast and on your podcast, Rob. Thank you. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, directly from the experienced marketer, no better way to do it than by doing it on a podcast. So thank you. Appreciate that. And thank you for those kind words as well. I mean it. All right. Tell me uh, what's happening in the business in the next 12 to 18 months. There must be some exciting things on the horizon. Tell us what's coming. Mm, What's coming now? I love doing workshops. So they'll, they'll be a thing. I did one last uh, week. Actually, you talk about LinkedIn one of my colleagues is uh, Gillian Bullock, the LinkedIn ninja down under. And Gillian and I have done it before and we just did one Power Up Your Marketing on LinkedIn uh, full day program on really getting – I did all the marketing, getting ready stuff and uh, then we went straight into, um, you know, the ninja stuff about how to really work LinkedIn, get set up your profile and all of that. So that's a great one-day hands-on thing and I love that. Got to do some more of them. More of them. And uh, the other thing too, I mean, I run my own workshops. Some of them on branding, some of them on money mindset. So workshops for me is a big thing. I used to do more online programs, quite a lot, in fact. And then I I really realised I love people. I really like being out. It's the face-to-face thing. The face-to-face, yeah, yeah, a bit the same. And I thought, you know, as much as that might have its attractions, perhaps that's something that I'll do less of and I have done less of it. And now I think maybe I might do a little bit more. I might go back around that loop a bit because technology now is much better, much easier. It's easier. It is much easier. And I think that's what's driving us, uh, our ability to consume information is because technology, people like me, I'm not a total Luddite, (laughs) however, I find you know, I feel like saying sometimes I'm breaking up with technology. I'm over this relationship. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, It just can often just one thing can be a real issue that when you're hanging out with a real person mm-hmm. isn't an issue. Yeah, so I find technology to be sometimes a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm up for a challenge, so I think I might do a bit more of that. And where will you run the workshops? Will they be here in Sydney or will they be somewhere else? Look, I, I run them in Sydney because that's where I live. But mm. I, if somebody wanted to say to me, would you like to come and do content in my workshop or run a workshop program for me, for my audience, get me a plane ticket and I'm there. You know, yeah. I think that mixing travel with the opportunity to do what I do is, is a total possibility. I mean, I've gone around the world to do participate in those and I've had people come from overseas to work with me one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, working in workshop environments and let's face it, content is always the issue. I've got heaps of content. I could fill up a week for somebody if they'd like me there. Very nice. <laughs> We've been going on this podcast for a while, I can tell. <laughs> but that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. So, Kathleen, you've got a really uh, special little gift for our listeners. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I do, and I thought that perhaps the people who have been listening today might start having thoughts about how they're thinking about money. And I'd like to suggest that if they're interested to find out their money archetypes, that process is uh, includes 
one, doing an assessment and actually does identify what your archetypes are, the main couple that we would be looking at. And then also I'll do a personal reading so that I can help interpret what that really means to what's been going on for you and what could be going on for you if you looked through some of the areas that you might become aware about. So that program, it'll be half an hour on the phone and the process usually for the assessment and that reading is $297. And for the listeners today, I'd love to offer that at $97. They can keep their 200. Thank you. And you're welcome. And I really encourage people to do it because I say looking through the lens of money, you're going to see, and it's something I know, is that how you do money is how you do everything. Mm. So you will find that it's much more broad than than money. And I'm not going to say just about the money because I'm all about the money (laughs) Mm -hmm. from a good, positive place. You deserve to be well paid for your gifts. And I want you to understand your value and what you do for your clients and hold out your hand proudly and charge what you're worth and get it. Beautifully said, beautifully said. And if you just peek at your phone, you'll see the link to that special offer that Kathleen's got for you. So no need to search anywhere for it. Just look at the show notes to this podcast and you will see it right there. And speaking of links, what's the best way to connect with you if somebody wants to do that? Is that via LinkedIn or your website? Maybe you could share that as well. Yeah, sure. You'll find me uh, on on LinkedIn as Kathleen Ann, digit number one. I I was obviously the second person, so (laughs) to to claim my name. And uh, my own website, the Power Up Your Marketing, if you use P-U-Y-M, which stands for powerupyourmarketing.com.au. And listeners might like to actually take advantage of my half an hour breakthrough session. You'll find that on my services page and you might want to know about marketing you might want to know about money and that is open to you you'll find the link on there and you need to give me a preparation form so I am fully briefed and I'll be able to help you understand you know where where you might go from where you've been and where what's going on for you right now and I'd love to be able to have that conversation with you okay sounds great and again just peek at your phone and you'll see all the links right there and there's no need to dig for anything or remember anything because it's right there in your hand on your phone all right last question for the podcast I always like to ask my guest uh what is it that you do on a daily basis that's absolutely not negotiable to keep yourself sharp and focused each day sharp and focused um well, I do read on a daily basis and I even if it's a passage or a paragraph or a whole chapter if I can manage it and, and whether it's audio or whether it's the written word, I like to get some sort of process in my mind that ticks along underneath everything else. This gets me start thinking outside of what my main focus is because that's where sometimes inspiration comes from and you never know where. So I'm, I'm a wide reader. At the moment, I'm reading a book that one of my clients gave me, and it's the Brene Brown, Daring Greatly. And there's actually a a passage in there that refers to going all in, Mm -hmm. and it's a very interesting perspective on shame and vulnerability and all those other things that go on for all humans. And, uh, you know, it's all based on research and things. So at the moment, I'm dipping in and out of that one. Uh, I'd love to actually sit down and read the whole thing, but that will take longer than I've got any given day. I I had a a female friend of mine, she said, Rob, you're this... She's, a, she's an American girl, and she says, Rob, you're this big, Aussie, masculine, blokey kind of ex-military guy. You, you need to be more vulnerable. <laughs> you need to show your more vulnerable side, and you'll connect with the audience. You'll connect with more females if you do that. And, and I was like, oh, my God, what? 
Men don't have emotions. What planet are you actually from? You know, I know you're from America, but it seems like another planet if you think that men are going to be like that. And she's, we're having this fun little bit of banter, a bit of conversation back and forth like this. And she's like, no, no, seriously, you should, you should. And she introduced me to Brene Brown. Brene Brown. And I was like, oh my God. All right, you know, out of out of, <laughs> a typical typical bloke, you know, the the woman says you should look at this and you should check this out, and I'm like, all right, and you know, spare half an hour in the evening, and I saw the link that she sent to me in Facebook Messenger, and I clicked the link, and I ended up on this TEDx thing, and I ended up in another TEDx thing, and I ended up in another video, and I was in YouTube, and I think it was like three hours later, and I was like, she doesn't know what she's talking about anyway, by the way. <laughs> but I was drawn all the way into all that. All the way in. Yeah, it's well, great stuff, really You know, it's stuff. interesting because as business owners, we, we don't want to show what, you know, the failures, if you like. If we, I don't believe yeah. in failure anyway. It's just another uh, well, reason to expand. Yeah, and I think that for men in particular, and I, I'm not, once again, I don't want to be general about this, but... I think men No, you often, can be general about guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I think guys really, like if you fail, it, you know, that level of shame, mm. and, and let's face it, the suicide rate for guys is a lot higher than for women. It is. And even though, you know, I'm a feminist, let me get that out there right now, um, I think that that means that we are each of us respectful of the, the place of gender and, and equality. However, women have been behind on any measure, as we know, but I think for guys on the other side of that coin, they've been having to be brave and having to be infallible and having to be perfect and all the rest of that. Mm. Whereas women, I think, um, and once again, girls, if you don't agree, it's, you know, tough. <laughs> I think it's being for, for women, we feel that I've tried. Mm. It, you know, it's okay. I can have another go or I'll do something different or, or whatever. The failure is not at our core. You don't beat yourself up over it the same way guys do. No, not so yeah. much. And yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? Because we talk about emotion and, and, and hopefully, you know, that so guys, you've just said, you know, about emotions, you don't have them. Of course you do. Uh, but you maybe bury them a bit more. So mm. what we're really saying is get them out, you know, mm. really feel it because life is short, I'm telling you. You know, mm. the longer I get in this life, the, the less sure. I've got of it yeah. and the more I appreciate, wow, what a fast ride. So don't waste it. You know, if you're thinking about that you want to do something or you want to be somewhere or whatever, just work it out. You know, people used to say to me, oh, oh when I win the lottery, I'll go around the world. And just I'll, go I'll, around the world anyway. It's 2000 bucks. <laughs> go yeah. around the world. Yeah. You know, really? But that's the mentality. You, that's one other, you know, money thing. People would say, when I win the lottery. Mm. You know, life's on hold because they, they think that they need to win so they can do, and then what's wrong with that thinking? Something's mm. the matter with that thinking, because guess what? They're never going to do anything, because they're never going to win the lottery. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> the bag of money's not going to fall out of the sky. You're going to ah. go and make it for yourself. Well, then again, some, it, it actually could if you have a belief that you know, money does fall out of the sky. You know, it does. It's lying around on the ground. I tell you, walk down the street, you'll find some. Pick <laughs> it up. Thank, thank Kathleen, you, thank you for coming on the Go All In podcast and spending an hour with us here. That was a, a lot of fun, and you're just dropping value bomb after value bomb. We really appreciate that. And Great. If you're listening to this, make sure you, you have a look at your phone and, and click on those links and head on over to Kathleen's website and make sure you connect with her on LinkedIn. So thank you again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it and we'll look forward to speaking with you again soon. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with Kathleen, just take a peek at your phone and the link to her website is right there in the show notes. 
so you don't have to dig around for it. And make sure you connect with her on LinkedIn as well. And that link is right there in the show notes as well. As always, if you've got a question or a comment for the show, then please reach out via the socials or you can send me an email at any time. Just visit goallin.com.au to find out more. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time. The place is thrown all Cause I don't know if it'll be enough Or if they really care There's a stairway down for the both of us But let's not go there You got me thinking, whoa Thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa.